I'm interrupting my own podcast to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is brought to you by Spotify and is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It will also help you distribute your podcast across popular podcast hosting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Best of all, you can make money from your podcast on Anchor with no minimum listenership. So for those of us just starting out, this is very helpful. And do you know how much it costs to have everything you need to make a podcast in one place? 100% free. Yep, you heard me right. You can do all of this and make money for free. So if you have been thinking about starting your own podcast, now is your chance. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm Yan. Hi, I'm Yvonne. Welcome to Lost and Refound Podcast. We're a podcast discussing our personal journeys as modern Asian women and sharing inspiring stories from within our community. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Now let's get started. Hi, listeners. Just a couple notes about this episode. Yan and I are interviewing Loy Forrest, the author of The Black Witch Chronicles. While we try to avoid spoilers, we do talk about the characters in her books and plot teasers for her next book launch. If you haven't read the series yet, we highly recommend, and we'll share links to the books on our website. We had some spotty audio moments, so we created a transcript of this episode to help you follow along easier. We don't want you to miss a moment of our enchanting time with Lori. Now on to the episode! Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Lost and Refound Podcast. I'm your host, Yan, and we have Yvonne. Hi, Yvonne! Hi, Yan. How excited are you for this episode today? I have been waiting for this guest for quite some time. She wrote an amazing series that you introduced me to, which I have stayed up so late at night finishing because I cannot stop reading it. So I'm so excited for our guest today. Yeah, we have been waiting for this guest for, I feel like almost a month now. And this entire week, we've been texting back and forth. just how excited we are. Um, But to just give everyone a little background, um, Yvonne and I are both huge book lovers, and we both hold a special place in our heart for young adult novels specifically. For me, um, personally, when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch TV, so books were my entertainment, and this has carried to this day. So whenever I feel really stressed or I want to escape, I turn to books. In particular, when I want to, ex- want to escape, I turn to young adult novels. And the reason for that is because number one, they are pretty easy to read, so I can get through them pretty quickly. Number two, they're always filled with very rich characters and rich storyline. And number three, they do always have a pretty happy ending. And when I'm trying to escape from the world, I want something happy in the end. So, you know, 2020, um, this particular book series called The Black Witch Chronicles, I went through it, I think 2020 went through it three times alone because I needed a lot of escape last year. <laughs> um, you know, but the problem is, you know, we, we read a lot of books, but we never really get to chat with the author. That's why today is such a treat because Lori Forrest is here with us today. She is the author of The Black Witch Chronicles. And we are so excited to chat with her about, you know, her own story, what inspires her, and what we have looked forward to in her future books. So please help me welcome Lori to the podcast. Hi, Lori. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I know you're really busy because not only are you an author, you also work in healthcare. 
I do. Before we get into our discussion, can you do a little introduction of who you are to our audience? Yeah. So um, can everybody hear me okay? Because I'm here in the backwoods of Vermont, and it can be a little dicey, the internet. Um, so you're, you're both hearing me okay? Yes, we're hearing you fine. Wonderful. Yeah, so um, I live in uh, basically in the wilderness in Vermont. I post a lot of pictures of that on social. And I drink a lot of strong tea and um, really enjoy getting up at the crack of, well, actually before dawn and writing books with a lot of dryads and dragons in them, as you both know. And during the day, I work in healthcare. I'm a dentist, actually, which people find surprising. I don't know why, but <laughs> um, which uh, has got its challenges right now. So it's uh, very exciting to get to take a break from that and uh, talk about books for a bit. So with a full-time job like a dentist, I mean, when you're working, you don't have any time to write because you know, you're with clients all day. So when do you find a time to write? Because your books are not short books. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get up at around four or five every morning and I write in the morning. It's it's very kind of quiet and spooky here that time in the morning because we're surrounded by woods and kind of the most amazing time here. And then, yeah, you're right. When I'm at work, I definitely am focused on my patients. But on the weekends, too, I, I pretty much work all morning and some of the afternoon on, on the story. But I'm, I'm obsessed with the story. So. We are yeah, obsessed with the story, too. <laughs> it's a really good story. Um, you post a lot of images of where you live on the backwoods of Vermont. Mm. Right now, it's covered in yeah. snow. Every time you post an image, you know, I can see how it will inspire you to live in an area like this. Where else do you draw inspiration from when it comes to, you know, th this book series, particularly the Black Witch series? It's so rich with so many different characters, so many different cultures, different way of people speaking, the way they look, the way they dress, their mannerisms. Where, where are you finding the inspiration? Oh, gosh. Um, well, the original inspiration before I started writing, um, because I at the time, I was only reading nonfiction uh, for years, and my kids—they uh, were preteens at the time. I had four daughters, and they were begging me to read Harry Potter. And for about three years, I told them, "Well, that's you know, that's kids' books. That's very nice. I'm glad you like them." But and they just kept begging me, and so I finally, after having five million birthday parties with people running around dressed like Harry Potter characters, I finally gave in and read them. And I absolutely loved them. I'd never read fantasy before. And then I started letting them hand me everything. And I just started reading their older fantasy. And then I started reading adult fantasy. And I, I just never knew that I would love this genre so much. And I did, I loved like the magical end of it, the dragons and the elves and the just, I don't know, the, just how you can have so many imaginative things. But I also liked how a lot of fantasy authors were tackling kind of real world issues in the fantasy stories. And at the time, there was a big battle going on um, in the, well, in Vermont. We were at the kind of the beginning of the fight for marriage equality, which at the time we called gay marriage. And my kids were adopted. Through adoption groups, I got to know a lot of couples that have, uh, gay and lesbian couples that have adopted kids. And my husband and I really wanted them to be able to be married. So we got involved in that. and. The backlash, because we were the first state to start to tackle this, was really super intense. And I saw a lot of horrible prejudice directed at friends. We had our lawn sign, like, run over multiple times in the middle of the night, and our lawn, like, destroyed because of, we had a little rainbow thing up saying love makes a family. But our friends went through horrible things. And I, I was so troubled by it that 
like, I don't know, I, that and Oldest Fantasy I was reading, I started to get this idea for a story in my mind. And the story kind of sparked with, you know, what if all, there was this world and almost all of the different religions just for no good reason hated people with wings? Like it was just baked into the mythology. I mean, these are completely different religions, but they, they all kind of like just hated people with wings for no good reason. And then what if I started the story there? And then what if we had like the people that were really hateful kind of won in this world and they had like most of the power? And what if we had a protagonist who grew up in that society and, and only heard about how all these other people were horrible and people with wings were horrible. And then if we had, what if we had another character that had wings and then we, we bring them together somehow? That made for a very interesting story in my mind. So I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but uh, for people that haven't read the series, but that was the starting point. And that's a long answer, but. <laughs> There's so much impact there because number one, you have four daughters on top of being a dentist and an author. Yeah. I have two daughters and one job and I feel like I want to pull my hair out. So I'm going to bow yeah. down right now and say you're here. Oh, well. <laughs> well, a lot of the writing of this book was, um, I will admit, I like they did a lot of like extracurriculars, music and sports and drama and all sorts of stuff. And I did a lot of time sitting in parking lots and as every parent understands. And I would write during that time too. So. Number two, it's not like you always wanted to be an author. This is something just kind of came out of nowhere. You just got um, inspired to write? No, I was, yeah, I never took a writing class. I was a math science person. I was, I was a math major in college and computers. And then I got into, um, I just decided to either go to plastic surgery or dentistry. And then I went to dentistry and I love it. And I love reading. I've always loved reading. I've read all like tons of classics. Um, I was obsessed with reading classic world like Tale of Two Cities, Les Mis, um, Pride and Prejudice. Um, I know just a lot of classics and tons of nonfiction. I think nonfiction read, fed into it too. I mean, I had just, just finished reading a huge number of books about Afghanistan before uh, my kids started giving me fantasy fiction. So on my mind was definitely how women are treated um, in, in a lot of places in the world, not just Afghanistan, obviously. So, you know, but I think a lot of things that bother me in the world, like I think the books were a way of kind of me discussing those things and kind of having a conversation about how I felt about them. And obviously now it's, it's a conversation with a lot of readers too, which has been amazing. Yes, your books definitely cover a lot of society issues that we are currently experiencing, right? As soon as I started reading, the first thing was racism. It's carried from the beginning all the way through, you know, the the last book you have released, which was The Shadow Wand. And then there's sexism, homophobia, there's arranged or forced marriage, child marriage, there's slavery, there's religious freedom nationalism, class systems, genocides, like you cover a lot of issues in, in just this one series. Usually when I read young adult books, they do cover some of these issues, but usually not this many in one series. But what I find really amazing is they work. I don't feel like, oh, there's too much. I feel like this is a world I can, I can relate to. I feel like it's a completely different world but it feels very familiar to me. And that's one of the things I feel so much connection with the books as well. Yeah, I think it's just amazing the feedback I get from all over the world. 
and it's actually really hopeful because I've, I've literally I mean, talked and written to people from all over the world, and so many people are thinking the same thing about just just being tired of so much racism, being tired about oppression of women, being tired about all these things, and it's just all over the world. People are thinking about this, and they just don't want it anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I don't I don't want to give too much away to people who have not read the books, but I do kind of want to talk about a few of the characters, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard for me not to. <laughs> um, so you know the main character is Ellerin. You know we really see the journey of her when she actually when she we first see her. She's very much part of the Garnaria world, right? She she is she's their citizen. She believes what she's being taught. She believes the religion. And then as she goes into the university, meets other people, she's starting to open her mind. And again, I think this applies so well to our current society right now because you know I feel like our country is so divided right now and racism sort of a huge mm-hmm. issue we're experiencing and and bigger thing for me is education right people who have not experienced other cultures or have t- spoken to someone else about the from a different culture what they experience is fear instead of being open and it's because they were taught and that they were raised and I love seeing her character now going from that to somebody who is so compassionate and who wants to help um, people who are who are in need, who wants to help the refugees. But I also see, you know, the struggle within her, especially in Shadow Wand, you know, where she wants to be brave, but she, you know, she's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to uh, protect everyone. And next to her, she's like, I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know what to do. It feels very real. When you write these characters, are you, do you put yourself in their shoes or like, are you imagining, you know, your daughter being this person or you being this person while reading these characters? Um, I think I'm just trying to get in the mind of the character themselves, especially as the series goes on and I'm going into these different points of view, which has been very challenging, but very interesting. And I'm very into Tierney's character right now, actually. Um, but yeah, I try and really put myself in the shoes of the character. Obviously, it's not all, um, some of it is just pure fun too. Like, you know, the love triangle certainly is very fun to write. <laughs> and we, all love, we all love a love triangle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um Yvonne actually yesterday we we're discussing um who who we choose between Yvonne and Lucas <laughs> she is team Yvonne and I'm team Lucas <laughs> it makes for interesting conversation heated <laughs> debates with that it's funny there's a Black Witch Chronicles Facebook page pretty funny a good you know good nature but heated arguments there's five books, um, three main books and two books about side characters. The second main book, Iron Flower, I have to say, usually young adult novels, um, there's a certain formula to it. You know, there's not not a huge surprise usually to me, but in Iron Flower, you put a George R. R. Martin move and, yeah. and did no. something that I did not see coming at all. And it completely broke my heart. And I have to tell you, Diana is my favorite character. I love her. <laughs> so um I want to know what was your mind frame when you wrote that. Um, Diana, every I think she's everybody's favorite character, or most people's. I and mean, it's funny. Um, I I had I knew somebody in college that really was a lot like her, and I really enjoy writing because she's. I'm very much not like Diana, and I loved the idea of having Ellen and Diana are so different, mm-hmm. and throwing these two characters together that are from cultures that are just so completely at odds with each other uh and it just it was a lot of fun to write it's it's kind of hilarious to to write 
their scenes together, or was anyway. Um, obviously, the story, it took a bit of a dark turn, but um, yeah, I love Diana's character. And one of my favorite characters is Winter, because I feel really connected mm -hmm. to her. And she is just such an amazing character and such an amazing soul. And that's how I feel when I read all of your characters. I feel like I want to know more and I want to read more points of views. So I'm very excited um, to, to hear more of that if you're going to include that in your next books. Um, and just understanding more of these worlds. You have a map in the beginning and I'm starting to live and feel all that the characters are doing, especially when they're traveling through these worlds. So I can't wait to draw a bit. So then I can start drawing the characters out in my mind. I'm waiting for a comic book to come out. If it doesn't come out first, I'm going to be drawing one. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, people really relate to Winter's character. Um, and I feel like it really dovetailed well that the fact that she's an empath. Because, you know, artists in real life are, are a bit empathic sometimes, I think, too. So there's some truth to that. She's an interesting character. And there are, uh, I actually begin uh, quite a few, well, She's right in the beginning of the Demon Tide, the, the book I'm writing now. There's, there's a number of winter chapters. Um, I don't want to give anything away, but I'm pretty happy with how her section is coming together. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I, and I cannot wait. When I found out that I need 235 more days until your book <laughs> launch, <laughs> I, I kind of cried a little bit. <laughs> the cover is coming out February 8th, and I'm excited about that because it's absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah, Yvonne, I've been waiting a lot longer than you have, so. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That for me first. <laughs> it's true. Yen's been, Yen's been waiting a lot longer, so I, I have sympathy. <laughs> At least I'm waiting for like just um, half a year, so it's not too bad. Um, and yeah, speaking about your cover art, how do you, do you draw the cover art or how do you get inspired to um, relate the cover art to your story without giving too much away? Uh, the cover art is um, done by the amazing artists at my, you know, at my publishing house um, who work, work with Inkyard Press. They're absolutely amazing. I have a Pinterest page with all sorts of elements from the book, and they draw inspiration from my Pinterest pages. Yeah, because I've been, I've been following your daily posts about your Pinterest inspirations, and I am very excited for all the dragon images you're sharing. I love Pinterest for author inspiration, but yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying that. Yeah, so... With all these dragon images, how many more dragons are we expecting in the next couple books? Oh, there'll be quite a few dragons. Um, well, you know, there's and there's going to be uh, quite a bit about Tristan. I, I actually devoted quite a bit of the next book to Tristan and, you know, his love life and so forth, because I really love his character and um, I love the way that's come together. So I'm, I'm excited to share that for you. Yes, I'm excited to hear about what happened with uh, you know, both brothers, right? Rafe and Tristan, I love both of them. Um, yeah. And with Aislinn and Jared, I'm just holding my breath for that chapter. <laughs> yeah, there's some Aislinn chapter, Aislinn and Jared. Um, you definitely to see more of them in Demon Tide. This, it's a big book right now. I'm not quite sure what they're going to do. It's like 700 pages right now. That's, That's great. Okay. Um, I'm ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I Maybe we'll do tiny font or something. I don't know what we'll do, but I don't want to cut. We'll see. Yeah. And then the book after Demon Tide is the final book, which is Battle for Arthea, correct? Yeah. And um, I think part of the reason why my books aren't formulaic is I often, I know the end of the Battle for Arthea and I know the beginning, but I, that's my least written book. So it'll be, um, it'll be interesting to see that come together. <laughs> 
Yeah. So what is your process? Do you, so do you think do you, you come up with the end, the beginning first and you fill in as you write, or what is your process to put the story together? Well, I have a very loose idea about the story arc and list both, but I'll just, I'll just sit down every day and just write. Even okay. when I'm not inspired, I'll just write. And I wind up throwing away a lot of stuff, but um, I don't know, it's funny, you know, I never would have believed that it could be like this, but I, I read other authors like Stephen King talking about this kind of magic part of this process. You write every day, the characters do start to take take over and they kind of show you which direction they want to go in. And if you are going in the wrong direction, you kind of feel it. Mm. And they'll kind of not like what you're doing. I know that sounds really weird and spacey, but I don't know. It's just kind of uh, just writing every day. People ask me all the time, like, what, what should I do if I want to be an author? And I, I go by the advice that of the almost every author that I admire is basically try and write every day and read a lot. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I can understand why you're you're creating these characters, so they're almost like your babies, and you know them inside out. So I can see how you know we you know we know our children inside out. We know when something's not right. You have that gut feeling, right? So I feel like you're the mother of all of these characters. So you would know if they're going the wrong direction. It's not meant for them. It is strange. It's almost like, like Lucas is a real person. You know, I was talking to one of my beta readers who's been on this journey with me for years. And she's like, what are we going to do when this is done? Like, you know, Aislinn's a real person and Lucas is a real, it's like we've been hanging out with these people for years. Um, and, you know, I've got these new characters coming in. I don't, I'm really into the death, these death bay right now. They're really interesting. Yes, that is really interesting. I'm really excited to hear more about how they're going to contribute into this um, the final battle and everything. I like I like this idea of these characters that they seem so scary, but you know, because there is an aspect of nature that is truly frightening, but yet it's really important for the whole ecosystem and the whole of nature falls apart without it. And I really like the idea of these characters that they're good guys, but they seem like bad guys because <laughs> they're kind of dark, you know. Yes, I really like that line where you talked about use. I think something along the lines of uh, death is part of nature, right? When you're introducing yeah. the death phase and that made a lot of sense. And yes, it is part of nature. We do shun death. We shun anything. We don't like spiders. We don't like snakes. We don't like anything that make us have that ew feeling, but it is part of nature. And inherently spiders, snakes, scorpions, they're not bad death is not bad it's a whole part of the cycle so i like how you bring all that in and putting a different lens on something that people usually will shy away from i'm very interested in writing that right now it is interesting and it's also because mo in most books those are usually the evil characters yeah well i love that fey aspect of um just all the elements coming together and just kind of this i don't know just it's needing to support all the different aspects of nature so and it's kind of fun to write about people with affinities for water, affinities for fire. And it's funny, I, most readers, you know, I think most people, if you really think about it, have, do have actually an affinity for one element or another. Yep. Yes. And I think that's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> Tyranny is interesting to write because I try to use a lot of water language or water imagery, you know, like, um, so it's an interesting challenge to try and even form the language around the elements if you're dealing with an elemental character. I think that's probably why I'm team Lucas because I definitely have affinity for like earth and trees. <laughs> that's why you want. <laughs> There's a lot of team Lucas. I knew I, I dug myself into a hole with Shadow One because my editor and I were like, you know, we made those scenes too good. We're gonna people are gonna really be team Lucas. <laughs>
You're gonna break my heart. Like I'm so scared. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you know there are gonna be people upset at me one way or the other. So, but I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, but I think that's what makes such a good series and such a good book because people are so invested. We're so invested in the characters and with you. And I think that that's what also people want, like that community. When the world sucks outside, then they kind of want to dive into a reality that feels like it's a little bit more controlled. It's not, but it just puts us into a world where you, you actually can have a happy ending. And then hopefully from there, inspire action into the reality that we currently are living in. And we can definitely feel yeah. that and we can definitely see that. And even just having these open conversations, right, about a lot of these topics, um, be it in a character or be it in um, a, what's actually happening in our government or our day-to-day, I think it's just so important to get into the minds of everyone in the next generation to, to really look at that world that way and remove the conversation off of toxic social media and get to the truth. And I think that's what your books are about. Like, really, what is the truth? everyone's got their own truth so I just really thank you for just bringing that through and riding that to the ends and I'm, I'm with you I, I just honestly I cannot wait um, what do, you, do your daughters think about your book series well I mean they were teenagers when I was writing this so they would say you know two of them really like it and they're like you know you're my mom so I kind of have to turn off the fact of my mom reading the romance parts but um, they actually helped me edit them a little bit. They've been very supportive. Um, two of my kids are not that into fantasy. Um, they're, you know, they read different things, but um, so that, and that's fun too. But one thing that's been very interesting is the series, um, I've had the opportunity to work with, um, for each of the books, sensitivity readers, which actually has been a great experience. Um, kind of had a team of um, readers from all different backgrounds. Most of them are authors too, but they're from many different cultural backgrounds. So, um, you know, trying to tackle some of these heavy topics, um, but the series has actually been rewritten, like the books have been rewritten based on the feedback I've gotten from people. For example, um, diving into Tristan's love story in the next book, I have two um, sensitivity readers who themselves are gay men, and they've kind of looked over that story, and I, they gave me back, and they themselves dealt with a lot of prejudice based on their sexuality growing up, and... Um, so they had, we had some great conversations. We delve into some immigration issues. I'm obviously very pro-immigration and pro-supporting um, immigrants. But because we delve into that a little bit more in the next book, um, I'm actually going to get a chance to work with a, a sensitivity reader who also is an immigrant. Um, so the conversations that I get to have with people and get to modify this book, it's, it's kind of exciting because the books have really been kind of a team effort. And I... I can't tell you how much better these books have been after rewriting them um, based on that feedback. So that's been incredibly enriching because I've learned so much from all these other people that have been involved in the series. I didn't even know that that was something that we could do as as authors. How do you reach out to sensitivity readers? Oh, well, I beta readers from all different backgrounds. Um, and um, I do reach out to people I know, authors I know, who I know have unique perspectives, perhaps based on their experiences, like their own experiences of racism, for example. Um, and one of my early sensitivity readers, her parents fled the Holocaust. Um, and uh, so a lot of different people. And um, my, also there's professional sensitivity readers who might have a special understanding of different 
topics. Um, for example, if you were if you wanted to write a book about um, there was a, a character from Mexico, you could hire a sensitivity reader who could just check your facts about Mexico and make sure that you're not making any errors and you're not making any you're not doing anything that could potentially be offensive to somebody unknowingly. Um, and so my publishing house also hires usually two sensitivity readers. And it's just been great because the conversations are amazing. Um, yeah, I, it's been a great experience for me. Wow. I'm, I'm wondering how I can sign up for it to be a beta reader. <laughs> can we read it first? <laughs> that, that's what she's asking. <laughs> I don't know. My <laughs> messy first drafts or even tenth drafts. Um, yeah, I'm starting to get excited about Demon Tide though. I I got a lot of points of view in this one, and I I do love the center of the book because I think I I, I put a lot of romance into the center of the book with lots of different couples in this book. So it was a lot. It was so much fun to write, and there's this kind of festival in the Eastern realm that there's a astronomical thing that happens there uh, where this, this star that's kind of purple actually is right at the right angle to turn the moon purple and it's kind of like a religious tinged valentine's day but it actually mm -hmm. there's actually a an effect on people that actually makes it easier to express love you know love for people and kind of open your heart up so it's kind of fun to write i had a great time this the center of this book so yeah, I'm smiling so big on my social media. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, Actually, I always want to ask authors, um, is it difficult to write love scenes, especially when you get to these sex scenes, right? Being a mother, being knowing your, your friends and your family are going to read it. Does it make it more difficult to write those scenes? <laughs> it's not fun to, to write, actually. Um, and, you know, I think now I, I think I think the, the reaction in people discussing them is funny sometimes, but um, it was interesting. Lucas, Lucas and Ellen seen the shadow ones. Um, my, I thought for sure they were going to censor that. My editor actually added some things to it. So that's surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> this is YA. We did actually really make sure, um, work very hard to make sure that that was supporting the idea that uh, loving consensual relationships are important. Um, and to make sure that that came through. And I think we succeeded in that. I think you did. It's beautifully yeah. written. <laughs> yeah, and everybody seems to be Team Lucas pretty much now. So I think we succeeded to maybe too much. <laughs> yeah, so, we had a lot of fun with that. So not knowing that you have these sensitivity uh, readers that kind of help you with understanding these characters and you know what they go through, I can better understand now why these characters feel so relatable. Um, Yvonne and I just were just discussing how I feel like, because I, so she read the books and I listen to Audible and Julia Whelan is like my favorite narrator oh, on Audible. She really brings every, every character to life. And I was telling her when I'm listening to these books, I feel like I'm listening to my friends talking because your book's very conversational. There's a lot of conversation, there's a lot of dialogue. So I feel like I'm listening to my friends talking. That's why I went through it so many times last year because whenever I'm stressed, I'll have it on. And I feel like I'm listening to a really interesting conversation with my friends. I'm laughing, I'm crying, you know? So I can see now why they feel so relatable. This is why, but 
it sounds like you also base characters on people that you know, like you said, you knew somebody in college who was a lot like Diana. So is there a character based on each person or is it a mix of characters that you, that you pull together? Some characters are based on um, uh, actors and actresses that I, I think are amazing. Um, like there's a French actor that I based Yvonne on um, and I put some pictures on social of him. Um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think. I, yeah, just all sorts of people that I kind of cast the movie in my head. And so sometimes I will pull a, a character, an actor, I like I'll just be playing them, playing the scenes in my head with the actors. So, but so, occasionally someone I know, mostly actors and actresses. The whole, the whole movie is running in my head. I need to, you know, they could just take that and put it on the screen. <laughs> I hope they do. I really hope they do. I think that this could be something really special. Netflix is doing yes. a lot of these book series. I'm into that. Netflix, if you're listening, I want to be on that team. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I really hope movies, TV, like Netflix, HBO, even CW, like any, what do you want to pick it up? I'm so willing to watch it because I want to see these characters. I want to see people with purple skin and green skin. <laughs> A big question I have is, how did you come up with the name, The Black Witch Chronicles? I was thinking about the Gardnerians being kind of, I mean, a little bit like Puritans, like in their look. Um, they're just kind of that idea of them just wearing these just extremely conservative, like down, you know, down to the ground dresses, um, the whole in black. And uh, just it's something their enemies had called Eldrin's grandmother. Um, and it, it turned into like something that they just kind of ran with. Like, yeah, the Black Witch, um, she's dressed all in black. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it just seemed like a cool name. So we went with it. <laughs> I am very much invested in Avon and hoping that I, I can read more about him and just different points of views. Have you thought about even coming out with different books um, more than the prequels? I know that Light Mage, as well as Juan Fasted, for other prequels, is that something that you would also like to add to the series? Yeah, I really would. I think, you know, COVID's sucking a lot of my time right now, um, but uh, hopefully we'll get past this. Um, I have a lot of ideas for side books, yeah. And Tyranny, I, I'm really liking too. I wish I did have, uh, you know, 10 extra hours in every day, uh, but I do definitely have some ideas. Incredible. Like, I, I forgot how long they said that J.K. Rowling actually wrote Harry Potter, um, but it just takes time, right? Like building these worlds and characters, but we're gonna be fans for life. So I expect to be reading these books till I'm 50 and 60. <laughs> well, this is good inspiration for me to, to finish the series strong. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm starting to really love the next book. So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, other people will like it too, we'll see. I'm sure they will. And, and the fact that, again, that you just do so much um, on your day to day, and you're still so committed to this world um, is, is incredible. And we thank you so much. Like you're, thank yeah, you. <laughs> thank you for your kind words. I, I, you know, I'm really thinking a lot about the environment right now. And also just, you know, things are, I think it's on a lot of our minds, um, just the, the challenges up ahead. And it's a challenge for me writing the series too, of, uh, you know, where do we find hope, at, you know, all of us together, you know? And so I guess that's that's really the question in my mind. But we're definitely taking out, you know, we're, we're, we're moving into dryad territory. Um, obviously we're moving in that direction. And mm -hmm. there's this 
you know, obviously this problem brewing between Ellerin and, and the sticky question of the forest not being aligned with her. So there's some environmental themes coming. So we'll see how that plays out. And the love triangle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, love triangles are one of my favorites. <laughs> I feel my heart, it just jumps out of the page. And that's my favorite part of reading books. That's what I live for. And, you know, I honestly, I was telling Yan, I hadn't stayed up until 5am, like reading past midnight underneath the covers since high school. Um, so you bring me back into that world is just so inspiring. I hadn't read a fiction book for over a year and I didn't realize how much my heart needed this. <laughs> so I really hope that when people listen to this podcast and when we expose them to you and just your community, that we can really bring this to life and just gather more attention for you. Well, that's incredible to me. So thank you, because that's a magic thing to find a book. Um, I know for myself that I wanted to stay up way too late reading. So that's that's incredible that you felt that way. Thank you. Yeah, and you said that you also read books too. What books are you reading? Oh gosh, I've, I've always got about 15 going. Um, I, I am really into Lainey Taylor's work right now. Um, uh, I love her, her books, uh, Daughter of Smoke and Bone, and she does a lot of magical teeth in her books, so as a dentist, I, I appreciate <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I'm going to put that she, one next on my list. Alter, um, well, you'll love her books. Um, you know, and she, she actually does steal some heavy themes in her books, but she does an amazing job with her love stories, and um, Strange the Dreamer is, you know, like nothing you've ever read before, and there's a love story that has some amazing... Um, scenes so creative where these this couple romances each other in dreams these magical dreams so strange the dream is an incredible book um oh gosh julie kagawa is in my label she's an incredible person but she also writes these amazing books her series shadow of the fox she's a wonderful person to talk to about japanese mythology she she has so many interesting stories in her mind and she's taken japanese mythology and she has turned it into a fantasy series and it just—it's not only an amazing story, the Shadow of the Fox uh, series. Um, it, it had me just looking up all these myths because it just brought them to life, and that, it was very exciting. So that's a great series to check out. Mm -hmm. Oh, I could go on and on. Um, Jay Kristoff, if you like dark, really dark, um, Nevernight. I—I really—I'm really enjoying that a great deal. Um, so yeah, I could go on and on. And we're going to link those all those books down so that everyone else who also wants to read and get involved can also follow along too. I'm just expecting myself to not be sleeping for the next couple of months. Because <laughs> like you said, there's no time between the job, what you want to do for your own internal passions, and what you also want to do to drive that creative force. Uh, there's just no time. So I, I might succumb to the audiobook series just to do other things, clean the house, yep. <laughs> listening to a book yeah. series. <laughs> There's so many people that actually, uh, the books they choose are the ones that Ju um, Julia Whalen reads. They just love her as a reader so much. So that's really what they choose is just what she reads. And it was oh. funny talking to Julia, Julia about that. I was like, you've got the most amazing fan club. They just <laughs> choose books you read. So yeah. I can totally see why. Yeah. That's how I found your books. I literally searched Julia Whalen and I look at all the books she's narrated yep. and like, 90% of my books are all read by her. <laughs> Do you know, she, you know she has a book? It's yes, amazing. I, her yeah, book lasts for a year. I love her book. It's, it's beautiful. I love I it. I loved yeah. her book. Yeah. I loved her. I, you know what I love too? It's funny when she was my narrator because she, she went to Oxford. She loves Oxford, obviously. 
Um, and I pictured Oxford when I did my university in um, oh. the Black Witch. So it was interesting. We both had this love of Oxford. But... So do you get to choose the narrator that you want for your book? Uh, well, I was asked, uh, there was three that I was given um, when I was, I was asked to choose. And the minute I heard her voice, I was like, oh my goodness, this woman's genius. And yeah. I was actually intimidated to hear her narrative of the Black Witch. I actually had to wait a bit, a few months to, to listen to it because I, I was so intimidated by how professional and how amazing it was. I don't know. It took a while for me to feel like, like I was a real author and it, it just it brought it to another level. Oh, you're a real author and she is a real actress. And, you know, like I, like I said, 90% of my books are read by her. And even though like the voices may sound similar between books, but the characters are so clear. Like I never get confused which book I'm listening to because she is that good yeah. at it. And I feel like I'm listening to a movie, right? It's one person, but I feel like yeah. there's 20 people talking. <laughs> Yeah, her pacing is great too. She just really, mm -hmm. you feel like you just entered another world. Yes, absolutely. You know, I love her. Curious, like, what do, you, what do you both do for your professions? I'm curious if you don't mind saying. Yeah, so I work in uh, sign merchandising. So when you go to a website and you look at how things are laid out or you look at campaigns are running like for Valentine's Day and all the products that's related, that's what I do. Oh, okay, cool. And I'm a product developer. So I used to be a chemist um, for a big CPG company. Oh, nice. Yeah, making skincare and cosmetic formulations. And so now I take that to the next level and I, I work with different labs to be able to do that now. <laughs> Very cool. I would give you some chemistry in the next book. I have a chemist friend and um, he's actually a pretty, he's a pretty well-regarded well chemist. And uh, I asked him, uh, can you help me come up with a realistic um, chemistry Know, happening that I can have in this book that we could take things in a kitchen and explode dragons with them. And we had a lot of fun with that. We had a lot of We based it on a copper thermite like explosion. So I don't know. You'll, you might enjoy it being a chemist. <laughs> I'll definitely love, love it. I, I love any yeah. type of scenes that you can recreate in real life like that. For example, whenever there's food scenes, I'm very interested in food mm -hmm. scenes. <laughs> um, and uh, chemist explosions might be one of those <laughs> that I might wanna- Yeah, explode, exploding dragons. We tried to base it in some real world chemistry. So yeah, we were being a little nerdy with the science in that. So you'll, you'll spot that. And <laughs> awesome. And actually going back to Yvonne's story about when she, she read your book, actually, it's really funny. I, um, I think we had just finished recording a podcast and it was on a Friday. And then she goes, okay, I'm going to start reading the black witch tonight. I'm like, okay. And the next morning we are talking and we're recording another episode. And then afterwards she goes, yeah. And I stayed up till 5.00 AM. I finished the book. I was like, what? Yeah, okay, uh, so to cooperate everyone out there, I, I tried to be good, right? Like I had a long day. I started at 10 thinking that I'm going to read one chapter. We're going to close it. We're going to put it down. That never happened. I'm like, one more, 15 minutes. I even have a little the alarm on the screen time on my phone. Um, that Because guys, if it was a real book, I would have never stopped. It would have never been a question. But even with the digital Kindles and the digital books where you have um, screen time, I even try to limit myself on that. I just ignored the limit for the whole day. That's what I've been doing, ignoring limits for, for these chronicles and these books. And and I love rereading books just like Anne. 
So it's something that I just get more and I dive in even deeper. So it's very easy for me to fall in love <laughs> with something very good. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so Lori, I have one last question for you. And I know this is not a fair question to ask you because all of these characters are your children, but I have to ask, who is your favorite character? If you had to, let's say, who's your, who are oh, top boy. three? Top three. <laughs> Oh gosh, it changes. Um, it changes like weekly. Um, at this particular moment, um, I'm really enjoying writing Tierney's character a great deal because she's so feisty and she's she's kind of curmudgeonly. I don't know, but she's also very noble. Um, so I really like that. And I'm really enjoying writing all the Death Bay. They're kind of my favorite characters right now. Those characters. So, yeah, and one of one of the people in the Love Triangle, but I won't say. Okay. Okay, you won't say who. Well, not. Well, Lori, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. This was really, really yeah, fun. Yeah, thank you. Like I said earlier, we never get to talk to the authors that we love, so this is such a treat. Um, so I'm very excited. I cannot wait for Demon Tide to come out, and I cannot wait for Battle for Athea. And I hope you continue writing. Like Yvonne said, we expect to be reading your books until like 50, 60. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, it's just such it's so great meeting you guys, and just an honor that you, you like the series that much. So thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I hope you have a great weekend and take some time to relax as well as write. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I'll, I'll see you on social media. Yes, see you on social media. Oh, actually, one more thing. Tell our audience how they can find you. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I am on uh, Twitter and Instagram. A lot of what I post is there. I have a Facebook page on uh, Lori Forrest. And if you friend me, I will, I will friend you back. Um, sometimes it takes me a few days to do that because I'm kind of spotty on social because I'm writing a lot and working most of the time. But uh, yeah, I always love to meet new people and meet new friends on social. So yeah. Yes, and you're very responsive on social, which again, I don't know how you find the time. So <laughs> so I'll give you some it's so time much back. fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, Thank you but so you much. Great people like you guys. So. Yes. You're welcome. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to this episode. We really appreciate your support for our little podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it will mean the world to us if you can leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. This will help more people discover our podcast. You can find Lost and Refound podcast on Instagram at lost.and.refound. If you want to email us, you can do so at lostandrefoundpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I hope you stay positive and creative. Bye.